0: Drive Time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired
1: up. What is up, dolphins fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, the Dolphins lose a heartbreaker. It is a 21-14 loss to the Buffalo Bills that... Gives the Bills the AFC East crown. Miami, now the sixth seed, will play the Kansas City Chiefs on the road next week in the opening round of the playoffs. We'll do the five takeaways, the game story, hear from head coach Mike McDaniel, all of that and more from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. That's
2: another Miami Dolphins.
1: This is the point of the episode where I typically would do a monologue of some sort, telling you about the feelings, the context, and... You know, I spent a lot of time in this role, in this position, trying to fight narratives that I think are unfair or entirely misguided or lacking context or whatever the reason may be, just trying to educate on why certain takes or certain thoughts or certain beliefs just, to me, are missing the mark. And I'm not going to do that on this episode because, you know, McDaniel acknowledged it in his post-game press conference that it's not necessarily, you know, it's... it's it's something that it, it is what it is until you change it, right, in terms of the narrative about the Dolphins against the top teams in the league, one in five this year against teams with a winning record, and the offensive, you know, regression back to the points uh, points per game and their yardage and all, all the stats that go into how the Dolphins have performed in the biggest games this year. They have a chance to write that ship next week. Once again, I talked about it from the Cowboys game. The Dolphins would have, you know, four games, essentially, the three and then into the playoffs, assuming they want a game to get into the playoffs to write that wrong. And they still have another chance to do that. But the off season this year could be that potential storyline. If you don't get it fixed. And that's going to be a lot different than last year, right? When we felt like injuries, which is the case this year as well, but injuries, at the quarterback position were what robbed this team of a potential good run deep into the postseason. And now this year, if th- things don't get corrected next week, that could be what you deal with for the next seven months after the fact. But that is a future podcast. We're going to get into this game, get in and out real quick. Here's some, some audio. Do the game story. Do five real quick takeaways from the Dolphins' 21-14 to 14 loss at home here to the Buffalo Bills to fall to so 7-2 and two at home this season, to fall to 11-6 on the year. And despite a better divisional record than the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East, they're, or no, they are both were 4-2. I'm sorry about that. But the Bills do get to sweep there, which gives them a tiebreaker. And the second seed in the playoffs, they get to host the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. And the Dolphins now have to travel to KC on Saturday night. So pretty good uh, showing early on for Miami. I mean, e- Even into the fourth quarter, they had a 75% win-, win probability, according to the Yahoo Sports app here that I'm looking at. But it got out of hand pretty quickly there. Um, and the Bills, you know, were dominant in the stat sheet, and that's kind of, you know, the Dolphins played a game that you thought they had to to find a way to win. They were running the ball successfully in the first half. Um, They were getting the takeaways. They were getting the red zone stops. They were executing the red zone themselves, and then it just kind of went the other direction in the second half, mostly the fourth quarter there, but your stats, Buffalo had 10 more first downs, 26 to 16, thanks in large part to 38 minutes of time of possession compared to 21-53 for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Dolphins had... They were sacked just one time. The Bills, the Dolphins got to Josh Allen three times for sacks. They turned him over three times. He had two picks and a fumble. Miami had their own two turnovers as well. Two to a Tonga Interceptions. The Bills outgained Miami 473 to 275, so nearly 200 more yards. Then Miami, they were 9 for 15 on third downs compared to Miami's 4 for 10. They threw for 345 compared to Miami's 167 and had 128 on the ground compared to Miami's 108, but 77 total plays compared to 48. That's kind of the same script the game followed last year down here in Miami when the Dolphins beat the Bills in week number three. Uh, but this one doesn't go the same way. Twenty-one fourteen, Buffalo wins it. Let's go ahead and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel on next steps after a tough loss.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a new season. We have to, um, as hard as it is, um, that's part of the reason why you um, have so much joy in the game is um, when when you're uh, you come out the right side. It's there's nothing like it, and then the the polar opposite when uh, you. Uh, let opportunities go by the wayside it's um, it just completely absorbs you, so we don 't have time to sulk or feel you know this is this is what happens in football it 's a against a, a very good team um, you know our team really really wanted it bad, um, but wanting uh, you still got to do the things in football to um, to come out victorious, we didn't. So, um, I, I've, I'm very confident that our our players and coaches will um, uh, turn their attention full bore to um, to our, our to Kansas City because that's all we can do, um, and that this is a, a, a this is a feeling that. Um, uh, I, I can't console or or fix it um, with the team. It, it hurts. It should. Uh, we we lost a game that um, we think we're capable of winning. Hats off to the Buffalo Bills for um, coming uh, coming in here and and winning the game. Um, but yeah, we'll focus uh, immediately on Kansas City because that's uh, that's the only way that you can really get through something like this.
1: Yeah, he's definitely right about the highs and lows of this this sport and this league, man. I'm, I'm driving over here from the stadium thinking about the way I felt on Christmas Eve driving over to the post-game show or the recap podcast for the Cowboys compared to this. Ugh, I, I always say like my job isn't actually work, but on games like this, this is when the work actually happens. Let's go ahead and get through the whole game script here and start with the Dolphins opening drive, which ended in a pick. Five plays, 19 yards. You get a uh, an explosive play out the gate to Devon Achan for 16 yards where he breaks a tackle and shows you great contact balance, and you're thinking, okay, this could be how this game goes the entire time. Then you get a third and seven situation after a, a, the same play. It loses three yards, and then you get a, a completion to get you back into manageable third down situation, but then Tua takes a deep shot. And Tyreek had a step on Christian Benford and the ball was a little bit back on the backside behind Tyreek and that allowed Benford, I think, to make some a really good play and recover on the football and go pick it off. And then the Bills get the ball back. And you know, I, I complained for years now that it seems like Buffalo always finds a way to get a significant lead in the game against Miami early on, especially, you know, 7-0 out the gate, go drive the opening drive down into the end zone, but not in this one, even though it looked like it. 12 play, 79-yard drive that ends in a pick, and I thought that Buffalo was doing a good job on this drive, and this is why these games tend to be so lopsided for Buffalo in terms of how many plays they run to Miami, is they just hit these short gains and run the football and find a way to sustain their third down, you know, sustain their drives with third down execution, 9 for 15 on the day, and in this first drive, I thought they were doing a good job of just taking the short stuff, you know, Miami's in the too high shell quite frequently, we saw some Javon Holland roll down and play slot corner, which would then have Brandon Jones in a deep position with Deshaun Elliott, you'd see Jones roll down and kind of play a quasi-linebacker role, so lots of variation there, and the Bills were finding success and just kind of, you know, staying on schedule, but with all the confusion and the different looks Miami did a good job of getting to Allen and forcing mistakes on those long drives which is what you want to do because you have to take away that guy's ability to make the big splash play because he's so damn gifted at doing that but then you have to capitalize when he puts the ball in your hands because he is a very high variance quarterback right and so down in a goal line situation they had a first down run stuff a really good coverage rep by Cater Kohu kind of dealing with a a mesh concept and a shallow cross that he didn't get rubbed on, makes the play for the breakup, and then they throw an all-out blitz, and Allen makes a bad decision and a bad throw and puts the ball in Eli Apple's hands. So the Dolphins get the football right back, and then they go back and they punt the ball after a good drive that helped flip the field, six-play, 51-yard drive, where they got Craycraft on a slant, Tyreek for a deep curl, and you're thinking once again, 17, 19 yards, you go to Devon Achan for 11 on that same flip, and Seth made a good comment where... He said that Achan makes Seth Levitt my co-host on the post-game show. He made a comment about how these six-yard runs for most guys can become 11-yard runs with Devon Achan because of the speed he has where he just outruns guys and you have a bad angle on him. So it looks like Miami early in the game after a couple of picks by either quarterback is going to put this ball in the paint. Things bogged down. Uh, You get a short run, a throwaway, then a miss on an out route to Tyreek, and he caught it but didn't get the feet down, punt the ball back. You get another Josh Allen pick, six-play, 54-yard drive. He missed uh, Stephon Diggs in the one play where I thought he really beat Jalen Ramsey down the field. Would have been an 89-yard touchdown, but he threw it way too far for him. But then they did get an explosive play on a little screen pass where I thought Miami got too sucked in, taking underneath the little block on the perimeter. The, the safety rolled down. I think it was Brandon Jones in the play it went down underneath the block and that opened up the outside lane and the uh, receiver Khalil Shakur was able to get up the perimeter. You know, outrun David Long, outrun I think it was Deshaun Elliott at that point before finally being ushered out of bounds. But then you come right back and it's it's Long and Elliott on a run stuff. It's Christian Wilkins on a pressure that forces an incomplete pass and then you get. Another play where they try to do a quarterback draw, and Christian Wilkins comes off of his block and gets Josh Allen to the turf, and it's looking like Wilkins is going to make back-to-back plays. And then they go for it on fourth down, and once again, the Dolphins front did a good job of kind of hemming Allen into the pocket. And I, I talked about this with Seth, again, in the, in the press box during the game. Like He was getting out of the pocket, but they were hemming him into where he couldn't wrap around that outside contain and attack the line to either run or throw, which put him into uh, throw situations. And Miami got lots of good stops and a good success right early on in the game by doing that. And on the fourth down play, man, Andrew Van Ginkle rerouted Stephon Diggs and put him on the turf and it kind of sent the whole play out of whack. So just team effort. He throws a prayer up into the end zone. Deshaun Elliott picks it off and the Dolphins take over again for back-to-back picks. And they go down the field and score an 80-yard drive, 11 plays where it's consistent run game. It's Tedrick Wilson for nine yards. It's Braxton Barros uh, picking up a first down. They were second and 16 behind the chains and Tua throws a third and 14 dart for 23 yards. to Tyreek between four. Bills to defenders just cruising then Jeff Wilson gets rolling with big chunks of yards then Tua runs for a first down naked bootleg and then Devon Achan just puts everybody in a bind with an outside run with a great cut to find the end zone and it's midway through the second quarter seven nothing Dolphins big boy drive there. healthy offensive line well you know relatively speaking healthy offensive line pushing the Bills back getting some mix of run and pass game big plays like it was looking good at that point and it looked good for further, even though the Bills took the next drive, seven plays, 75 yards, with a couple of explosive plays, including a perfect throw from Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs for 36 yards over Eli Apple, who was in great position to make a play on the ball, but the ball was just perfectly thrown. We've talked about in this podcast lots with this offense, right? Perfect balls typically cannot be defended, and that was the case here. But they get a first down stop, and then the second down play uh, from second and goal from, you know, closer to the 10-yard line than the goal line. You get a ball batted at the line of scrimmage that could be third and goal from the 7- or 8-yard line, but instead it falls down right into Trent Shurfield's hands in the back of the end zone for one of the luckiest touchdowns you'll ever see. But I won't, you know, complain about that because I thought Miami overall... When you look at the game script and the stats, they were kind of fortunate to the the score was that close just based upon the yardage and whatnot. So they take it on the field, score a touchdown, but then Miami bounces right back and scores a touchdown of their own, a nine play, 75-yard drive towards the end of the half. And it's this team that has done this all year long to score before the half. Like, it was really impressive looking. You had another situation where... They ran the ball for nine yards. Then Tua finds Durham Smythe on a little, a little option route where he looks at the slide and throws the glance on the middle for a first down. You're thinking, all right, this, this is rolling again. And then we got a huge moment in the game, and I tweeted about it. I put up my notes, a third and three from the plus 36. Two-minute warning. Buffalo had all three timeouts. Tie game. They get the stop there. Maybe you kick a field goal, or maybe they get a four, uh, They go for a fourth down. They get a stop there. You're playing tie game with them having the ball, and the ball to start the second half. That was an important spot spot to kind of get the last shot and they did more than that because Tua threw one of his best throws of the day, a 24 yard pass on a corner route to Cedric Wilson that could not have been laid out there any more perfect. A couple of plays later, Tyree catches a little Texas route screen type of pass for uh, nine yards down to the three yard line to put them in third and one and then Tua throws a strike on a speed out to Tyree Kill for the touchdown and it's 14-7 with under two minutes to play in the half. Like, you're in a great spot, right? But then the Bills come down and they might score a touchdown of their own because they get a 10 play 73-yard drive where Allen extended a couple plays, got a first down on a scramble. Uh, and then with 21 seconds to go to the plus 23, they had a drop pass in the end zone. And then Miami played this kind of off coverage akin to the Charger game last year, kind of protecting the end zone. And the Bills took uh, an easy 13 yards and got out of bounds. So they're at the 10-yard line with 11 seconds and Allen throws the ball into the field, which is the biggest no-no a quarterback can make. And he got punished for it because Jerome Baker comes from nowhere to make a great stick on the uh, shoot, who was, Ty Johnson was the pass catcher on that play, gets shut down at the one-yard line akin to the 1999 Super Bowl between the Titans and Rams when Kevin Dyson was a yard short in that one. He and Eli Apple, Jerome Baker and Eli Apple, team up for that big stop there. Miami takes a 14-7 lead in the locker room, and like, how much more momentum can you get, right? And then you get even more because Buffalo comes out and runs an eight-play 19-yard drive where Andrew Van Ginkle gets injured and has to come out of the game and is ruled out almost immediately. And you know you're already down Chubbs and Phillip, and you're thinking this is not a good spot to be in. But then you get a play from Melvin Ingram to get a sack and get Josh Allen to the ground. And so Miami's going to get the football back with a touchdown lead. The offense is rolling. The run game's working. But that's when things fell apart offensively. The Dolphins go three and out, three plays, nine yards. A screen, a little slide pass to Julian Hill. Then Braxton Berrios is like a half a yard short of a first down. Really good tackle there by Dane Jackson. So Miami goes three and out with three passes. Buffalo gets the football back. Josh Allen fumbles the ball back to the Miami Dolphins. This is, again, this is where I thought the game was really going to go in the Miami Dolphins' direction. 14 plays, 49 yards. They got a good play by Cameron Good. Again, talking about next man up. You get Van Ginkle goes down. Melvin gets the sack. Cameron Good makes a play for a one yard run. Then Melvin Ingram draws a hold. But then Josh Allen negates that because he gets a crazy scramble for 13 yards and then gets a conversion to Dalton Kincaid. The Dolphins send another all-out blitz. He does a fadeaway shot that gets in there for a first down, just finding ways to kind of mix and match against this really good quarterback. And then they get a third and 13 play in field goal range, and Christian Wilkins disarms the right guard completely, swim move right past him, wraps Josh Allen up, punches the ball out, makes the play of the night at that point, and you get a takeaway – very late in the third quarter to get the football back up by touchdown, potentially a kill drive opportunity, right? Go put them away right here. I thought that was an awesome chance. And what happens? A four-play, one-yard drive. And this is where I thought the turning point of the game was. In fact, let's go ahead and take our first break right there. I'll come back and tell you about that turning point on the other side. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by Auto Nation. First play of this drive after the Christian Wilkins strip sack and recovery, the, the trifecta, as it were, sack, strip, and recovery. Dolphins go 15 yards to Tyreek Hill to start that drive. But then they go false start. But then on second and 15, or first and 15 rather, Tua throws a shot over the middle. And McDaniel mentions this in his postgame press conference that he thought we had a miss, a drop, and just a, a basically a gaggle of errors that caused the offense to bog down in that second half. And that's that was kind of the start of it right there. And I thought If they give Tyreek that catch, they overturned it after looking at the replay. And again, that ball should have been much higher. He should have ran through that catch and had a first down. But either way, if you catch it for 14 yards right there, it's second and one at midfield. Instead, it becomes second and 15. Then you get an an offensive, a blindside block, like OPI combination foul on Alec Ingold that winds up making it second and 30. Then you have to kind of concede the drive, a run, a pass to Dermot Smythe, punt the ball away. And you're still okay, right? And I even leaned over to Seth when the punt was in the air and said, oh, he's going to catch this thing. He backs up to the four-yard line. And Justin Bethel and Cameron Good are down there, and we miss the initial tackle, and then Cam Good takes the block that winds up, you know, making uh, creating an injury that would have him leave the game on a cart, and that's when the game turned because he takes it 96 yards for a touchdown ties it up at 14 and even still Miami has a chance to go down and you know do something offensively to win the game back right but it didn't happen that way let's go ahead and start here with coach McDaniel who talked about the punt return touchdown the Bills had for 96 yards to tie the game up in the fourth quarter
0: yeah it was um it was unfortunate it looked like we had um, an opportunity to um, pin him back and uh you know I'll I'll have to look at the tape again but we had an opportunity to pin them back and it turned um you know the beginning of the fourth quarter uh it yeah that was a huge momentum swing that that hurt us that you know the defense had done such a good job keeping them from scoring points points were at a premium at that point in the game um so it was a it was a gut punch for sure i feel like uh the, I feel like we had, um, I, I, I would be, um, it, I, I don't know the exact player um, that had a shot at the very beginning of the play, but that was probably our best shot. And then looked like they, uh, they, they won the uh, the matchup game after that. So, um, big point in the game that we're going to look closely at.
1: I just really thought that was, I mean, the the Tyreek play, man. Like, if they just convert that, you probably have two more first downs before you are in field goal range, and you could take a 10-point lead into the fourth quarter, and you don't, you know, it's – they start to drive at the 25 yard line opposed to a pump return touchdown because you kick it out of the back of the end zone. So, so such a critical moment, that's how these games go. This time of year, you can look at one play and usually point to that and say that's, that's where things turned or that's where things kind of, you know, could have been put away. That's how I felt this game went. So Miami gets the ball back 14, 14, early fourth quarter. Three plays, one yard. A negative one-yard run, a two-yard run, and then third and nine, a pass breakup on a throw to Cedric Wilson that looked like it was open, but good play by the defender to get his hand in there and knock that thing down. And then time for the defense to rise up, right? And it just continued to go the wrong way for the Dolphins the rest of the night. Bills go down the field, eight plays, 74 yards, and it was a... Uh, Uh, they got again like we talked about the edge injuries losing van ginkle losing cameron good they started throwing these wheel routes on like melvin ingram like melvin ingram's a great player has had a great career but if you get dalton kincaid running a wheel route on an outside linebacker like melvin ingram that's a, a matchup the offense tries to foster and you know mel had a great game but that play it's a tough spot to be in and he got beat up the sideline for that big chunk they get another big play to khalil shakur on the other side of the field and then they get a touchdown to dawson knox to make it 21 14 and once again offense has a chance to go down and rescue the game, right? Go go, put it in the end zone, go put it in the paint, get us back in a tie game here, and maybe we can take this to overtime or maybe go win the game at the end. But that didn't happen because you go three plays, Two yards, punt the ball back away, and we had a drop, uh, a third and eight play to Tyreek Hill, where Tua had him down the middle of the field, hit him in the brad basket, drops it, punt the ball away, and the Bills get the football back with six minutes to go. And you've seen this movie before, right? We know that this offense can can milk the clock out and and run you dry. And they did it last year in the game up in Buffalo in the second game of the regular season last year, where they had like a 10, 10 minute drive that basically put Miami in a position to not get the football back at the end of the game, kick a field goal, win the game. But the defense responds. They did get a fourth down conversion that you thought ended it, but then they got stops on first and second down. And then they go for a a third down throw that puts them at fourth and one once again. And once again, the dolphins get their nose in there and make a big stop and get the ball back to the offense on the, Right side of the two-minute warning with no timeouts, but still, you've got time to drive the field, and they get a couple of plays, get a couple of first downs, move it into midfield, and then a man. We had this throw, the Tyreek Hill, where they called defensive pass interference, and it got us a first down at the plus 40 with a minute 17 to play, I think it was. But he dropped the ball, and like he was wide open with nothing but green grass. And at very minimum, probably has another 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 yards after that catch and into the end zone. But it's a drop. You get a first down for it. And then the very next play, we try to throw it into double coverage to Chase Claypool, who I thought kind of got a little bit wide on that route and kind of rounded it rather than breaking it off. And a bad decision to throw that ball on that spot. Just rough, rough all around, man. So let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel on the adjustments the Bills' defense made in this game to get those critical stops. Because Miami had just eight rushing yards in the second half, and a bunch of drives that went three and out, four and out, and ultimately no points scored. You know, it
0: didn't necessarily surprise me. They changed. They they played a little some more um, single safety to stop the run, um, which we we're kind of anticipating. And then, you know, it was just herky jerky. Um, When you have uh, some – we had uh, two different penalties. We had – and then we just had um, misfires. There was an incompletion that was, um, uh, you know, that was a a throw issue. There was a drop. You know, it it seemed like, um, you know, take a turn each drive. We weren't able to, um, you know, really get them – momentum of the drive going you know which is what happens um, when you know myself as a play caller decides to pass um, anticipating that we have an advantageous look you think at this point in the season you have to trust a, a lot of things and you know it, it, it didn't work out um, so that you know that it goes really to the whole group because um, you know I, the we were running the ball well. Um, they they changed their box count and um, which wasn't it wasn't like they changed defenses they just called more um, you know eight man fronts and you have to be able to um, you know <coughs> adjust with the defense and make plays in all phases and we we were unable to do that tonight.
1: Just brutal, man. Like I, I keep thinking about, and we did this in the post game show as well, thinking about what direction to take the show, what to talk about. And I have so many thoughts about, like, long-term or even, like, off-season thoughts, but this is not the time or place to do that because we have another game next week against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, playoff game. Like, let's go end the playoff wind drought, right? That's on the table for you next week in Kansas City. On the table for you in the third segment of this podcast are the five takeaways. We'll do that really quickly here. A couple more sound bites from head coach Mike McDaniel as well. That's next drive-time podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Final segment here, and I had five takeaways that were exciting about Tua's third down prowess, about the defensive game plan and the mixing up of coverages and rushes to to get Josh Allen off of his spot and turn him over, and all these fun takeaways, but we had to redo those because the game got away in the second half, and the first takeaway is that special teams seems to have these big plays that that cost us in these losses, but primarily At this stage of the season, you just can't allow that unit to flip the game the way it does. In a 96-yard punt return in the fourth quarter when you're up by touchdown, talk about flipping the game. That changes the entire complexion of the game, of your approach at that point. Like The defense had a great plan. Maybe they could have continued that for one more series and gotten a big takeaway or a big three and out and get the ball back to the offense. Maybe they find their rhythm now with a lead, get the running game going. Like. It just is, is such a critical thing to have happen in a critical spot, and we had it happen last week against the Ravens in a 15-point game. A big kick return kind of puts the wind all the way out of the sails at that point. We've had, you know, kick returns for touchdowns early in the season as well. Just special teams errors, and a bites in the biggest spot here in this one, to tie of the game in the fourth quarter. That's my first takeaway. My second takeaway was that turning point. I kind of harped on it already, but the, the miss – from Tua to Tyreek that really seemed to be the turning point of the game. I thought Tua's throw was way too low, and if he threw it up higher, Tyreek probably catches that with his feet you know, under him and on the move, and a bigger gain comes. At very minimum, at least make the play. We can't have that happen, and it goes from second and one to second and 15. And the next series was the, the three and out after that. The Bills got the punt return on for the touchdown. So turning point in the game, critical moments, little errors can kind of add up, right? And we had a bunch of penalties offensively as well. So Just a tough one, tough pill to swallow. Third takeaway, the injuries, because we do have another game next week, but now you're, We'll see what happens with Van Ginkle. It looks like Cam Good might not be back for, you know, until next season because that was a pretty serious looking injury. But if you're down Van Ginkle, that means your top three edge sack guys, your top three edge run defenders are all going to be out. Uh, Emmanuel Ogbaugh and Melvin Ingram still up. But I think, like, you probably have to find some more bodies to play that position because that spot that has just been absolutely, you know, devastated going back just six weeks now. The Black Friday, we had all these guys. Now they're all down. So. Uh, Hopefully Van Giegel can go, but we'll see what happens with him later in the week. But injury is just critical and killer and brutal for this team in the month of December. My fourth takeaway, uh, the offensive woes in the second half and the offensive woes that have followed the same script all year long in these big spots, right? I mean, three and out, four and out, three and out, three and out, pick to end the game, a drop from your star receiver and a, a bad throw, a bad decision from your quarterback, it's just it's it's been that theme all year long, and like they they match the Ravens drive for drive in the first half last week, and then they fall apart in the second half. This week, you know the offense was good in the first half, and then falls apart in the second half. You go back to the first Buffalo game, same script as the Baltimore game, drive up and down the field for a couple of series in the second quarter, and then you can't find any offensive success in the second half of the game. Like it's it's been a theme for this team, and it, it happened again in the biggest spot here, and. On one series in the third quarter, you know, three and out, you ran one play in the next series, so you got four plays in the third quarter, and again, that miss from two, of the drop from Tyreek after Buffalo went up 21-14, I just, making these critical plays, you were making them all in the first half, those big third downs, right, big time third down conversions, then they just stopped, and that was, again, kind of the theme of the year for this team in terms of, you know, 11-6 and is a very good record, very good season, but like, Man, what could have been? What more could have been? Because eleven and six, all it got you was the sixth seed in the playoffs, and you were, you know, the magic number for the division was one a while back ago. If you win that Titans game, it's it's clinched. If you get one more Bills loss, it's clinched. But that's not what happened, and you wind up losing the division as a result here. So, let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel on the idea of going one and five against teams with winning records this year. Here is the head coach of your Miami Dolphins.
0: I, I don't think it's a funk. I think it's reality. Like the. Um you know, I've said time and time again, I, I get out in front of narratives because you know that they're going to exist because it's reactionary. So it if you lose to um, two good teams down the stretch, you leave yourself vulnerable to for people to say that you can't be good teams, which will be the case until you do. So it's, um, you know, I, what, my opinion on winning football games against um, – you know, records that aren't um, above 500, it, it's irrelevant. It, the that um, that narrative will occur until you, till you do things to change it. So, um, you know, I, I don't get very mad at it or anything. I just let them know that that's coming, and so when they hear it, they're like, "Of course," because that's what it will be until you do something about it.
1: All right, fifth takeaway is that you have your wild card schedule out. And we already know who we're playing and when we're playing. I'm sure you guys know this by now, but Kansas City at Arrowhead on Saturday night at 8 o'clock for a primetime kickoff. Tyreek does make his return to the Arrowhead uh, after the game that was supposed to be at Arrowhead, wound up being in Germany this year, so he will make his return back to the Chiefs. On a short week, it's going to be nine degrees, give or take, in Kansas City. The cold front coming across the entire nation, except for South Florida, of course, which uh, will make frigid tempers across the nation, but negative or nine degrees, rather, in KC is the projected forecast against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the defending Super Bowl champions, who are essentially coming off a bye week because they played almost nobody in their meaningless game against the Chargers today, and you're on a short week, so tough tough road, uh, tough game coming up and you got to find a way to get that victory because ultimately the season can still be a success, right? If you get a playoff win and you race a big drought and you go back to Baltimore, most likely to win that game. So that's down the road. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach on what he expects here this week and rematching a team they saw back in November. Yeah,
0: I think um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs play their their style of defense. Um, I think there um, I think there will be a, a fair amount, but things change during the season different players um come in there's injuries uh there's evolution to what you're doing so there's it's it's not like it's um ever the exact same thing um, when you play someone in the middle of the season and then you play them in the postseason uh there it's a the same starting point but um both teams are going to be um you know competing to get get a playoff win. So that usually uh, – there, there's usually some bells and whistles attached to the game plan or to scheme and game plan, so you got to be ready for a lot.
1: All right, that's the podcast, guys. Uh, tough one. I know we're all hurting tonight after this one and probably stay off social media if you can for, for a few days. In the meantime, we'll come back on the film review podcast on Tuesday, and then we'll turn it around on Wednesday and, and preview the Chiefs game. So that's all coming your way here on the Drive Time podcast. In the meantime, you all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can follow me on social at Wingfield NFL, the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out my guys Seth and OJ on the Fish Tank Podcast every single Tuesday. Check out the YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, and so much more on that show. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Carolina and Cameron, Daddy's coming home.